Horror Minute is rated R. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is also rated R. We're going to spend this time discussing the movie in gory detail. And along the road, we will talk about some adult content and use some of our favorite swear words. Shitterton, titty ho, busty view, upper thong. Consider yourselves warned. Welcome to Rocky Horror Minute, the podcast where we discuss the Rocky Horror Picture Show one minute at a time in excruciating detail. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly. And I'm your other host, Leandra. And we're joined today by a very special guest. We have Jarf of Joe versus the Minute. How you doing, Jarf? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you remember the first time you watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show? I do remember the first time. So I went to college at Lock Haven University. That's in central Pennsylvania. And I, I had never seen it in high school, but one of my housemates, Felicia, Phil, she was a, a, a regular in the shadow cast. And so one time, there's not a lot to do in Lock Haven, being a small rural town, I just went along with her and really never looked back. I started going every week. It was about <laughs> an hour's drive from Lock Haven to Penn State University, and they were doing it at a theater there. And so I started just going, kind of cheering on my friend. So, um, our other friend, Nadine Diener, started going. She <laughs> like, Diener did a mean riffraff. Phil was an incredible magenta. And and then after a while, I started you know, making sort of a made-up version of a Transylvanian for when I went. And and even from time to time, if like, someone wasn't available, I would like jump in and be Rocky or Columbia. And so it's I haven't seen it either like live or even besides watching it for this recording sat down and watched the movie in many, many years. So it's been a fun trip down memory lane. But there was a, a period of time there that I was really going on the regular. So you and you were dressing up as costume for the audience. Is that right? Or were you in the shadow cast? Mostly for the audience. But we did. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I really got all the blocking and everything done. So I, I, <laughs> I have seen how much time and energy people put into learning the performance, creating the costumes. I did a very like punk rock DIY half-assed, <laughs> let's just throw this together and help them pull the show off version of that. So, well, I mean, when I yeah. played Rocky, I did not have gold lame short <laughs> briefs. <laughs> so I took just regular tidy whities and I spray painted them gold. That's, oh, that's that awesome. That's actually awesome. Yeah. I mean, we have had occasionally a, uh, well, he's the husband of one of the cast members, but he only ever is in the audience, but occasionally because we were really in a bind, we've had him go on as Rocky, like with no notice. <laughs> yeah. So the it first works time that he Rocky because he's like, oh, what's going on? Oh, goofy smile. Exactly. <laughs> if you look bewildered and like just kind of have fun with it, that's all you really need for Rocky. Yeah. The first time we went into Rocky, it was because we were legitimately like very short staffed. And then 
occasionally I'd be like, hey, we have show we have two shows this weekend. And if you were a Rocky for one of them, we could rotate casting a little bit and that would be fun. And then one time I showed up to the show like violently ill and I was like, I'm gonna be Rocky, it's fine. <laughs> and they're like, No, you're not. That's a bad idea. Yeah. He is the jarf. <laughs> <laughs> so just to tell you how much I'm in sync with Rocky Horror Picture Show right now. Just before we started recording, I was listening to my local independent radio station, WXPN, and they were doing a countdown of the top 2020 songs that listeners voted on. And they were just coming to number one. And so just to do some extra buildup, they said, okay, that was number two. And then to hype up playing the number one song, they played the RKO fanfare. Oh, oh like, that's perfect. What is happening? Yeah, it was amazing. So before we started recording, um, Jarf had said that he had something Rocky related happen in his real life and he didn't want to tell us until we were recording. So we wrote, uh, Kelly and I wrote down what we thought it might be. And I was, I was very wrong. I said accidentally cross-dressed, but good with it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm afraid I wrote made out with Tim Curry. So (laughs) (laughs) how does one accidentally? Whoops. I'm in a lace Teddy, but it (laughs) works. That's just what you say when your wife walks in on you. It's like, Oh, this was an accident. (laughs) It's, it fell off of the coat hanger and <laughs> I swooped under because I didn't want to fall on the ground and it just happened to like for fall on me. With my whole body. Yes. Yeah. That's how that works. But well, honestly, every time I hear the fanfare, I get very excited. I would have been you fanfare. Yeah. I would have been well, like, my, my dumb my brain show. was like, are, is a song from the Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack <laughs> the top WXPN song of their 2020 count? But it was. What was it? It was Bruce Springsteen, Jungle Land. Oh, Land. Okay. okay. Which is That's a song I love, cool. but it kind of always is that song. So it's like. Oh, I see. Well, do they do this every year? They do some version of it every year. Like they've done top thousand and whatnot. Okay. I'd be shocked if they did the top 2020 in 2020 every year. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I meant like the top 2019, 2018. I know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, that's a respectable choice. I can totally get behind that. I heard some silence and that must mean that it is my turn to jump into something. And I think we're going to go a little crazy and go directly with our format. And I will go ahead and describe minute 41. The previous minute we started uh, the song, I Can Make You a Man. And this continues it. Rocky continues to stare somewhat vacant-eyed into the same direction as Frank. And then he chortles at a joke. And then he lifts weights. After Frank gawks at his creation, he rushes over to begin pulling out a yet-to-be-seen prop that we'll see in the future minute and for those of you who have eagle eyes 
You might have even seen it in one of the previous minutes as people were getting out of the elevator. The lyrics for this minute are sung by Frankenfurter, and he says, We'll get sand in his face when kicked to the ground, and soon in the gym with a determined chin, the sweat from his pores as he works for his cause will make him glisten and gleam and with massage and just a little bit of steam. Ha ha ha. He'll be pink and quite clean. He'll be a strong man. Oh, honey, but the wrong man. What a mess. I have a lot to say about these lyrics. (laughs) And surprisingly, I really don't. I think that we've kind of Instead of having a time warp, we've gone into an alternate dimension where you're the you're the heavy researcher of the two of us. This is like the bizarro yeah. version. It's true. And I'm sure that this is going to keep up for the entire rest of the show. So now I'm the brainy one. Leandra's the bimbo. <laughs> Does that mean that I get to have big boobs? Uh, yeah. Oh, good. And, and play yeah, Janet. It's a, I guess you aren't familiar with bimbofication. Search that on DeviantArt. And you'll learn everything you need to know. I'm really excited. This is yeah. not at all like when you convinced me to ask for tribute photos. <laughs> I didn't convince you. I said, uh, I said, like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we requested tribute photos in our copy? And you were like, yeah, that's great, and posted it. And then later I learned you didn't know what that was. And I was like, that explains why you were so cool about it. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what that is, you don't need to. Oh, if you yeah, don't that know one, what that, that one went over my head. Yeah. Um, you can Google it. Don't Google it at work. Uh, but you can just search that maybe in an incognito window. It's something that Leandra loves to receive. No. No, Leandra does not love to receive this. Leandra <laughs> is stressed by that concept. <laughs> I'm sure if I wanted to, I could get so many of those for you. So just let me know if you ever want one. I will let you know if my opinion changes at any point. I promise. I'm so, proud of myself that I didn't pretend to be cool and know what it was. <laughs> and that I was you, honest enough to say. If you did, you would probably so, just look like an overly online freak like me. Uh, the only, like I've received from like, randos online who admired me i've received these photos and i think leandra just hasn't like posted in the same type of online areas or something because if you're a girl you get these all the time are Uh, they just dick pics no that's what i thought that's what i thought jarf thank you and that's why she was like yeah send them over here (laughs) mama life (laughs) no 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 (laughs) i'll just say it it's a fo- gentleman is fond of you and he takes a photo of you usually prints it out although sometimes they'll just like pull it up on their computer and then they ejaculate oh, no. onto it and then they take a photo of your photo covered in ejaculate and i think that that's not a tribute it is it's like oh my god i was jerking off to you can't you just tell me that like a normal human (laughs) that's a very normal thing to say (laughs) is it not but right so that's what that's what leandra requested in our i mean you did you just didn't know what it was (laughs) i was tricked 
But what would someone even, I don't know why I'm going down this rabbit hole, but what would someone even do if it's like, oh, RIP Jarf, I'm sending in a tribute. Is it going to be my own picture? No. Uh, I'd be, honestly, if it was an RIP Jarf and somebody was like, oh man, I'm so sad, pour one out for my homies, but pour it from my dick, um, I'd be... I'd be highly amused <laughs> at your expense. Oh my God. Pour it out from my homies, but pour it from my dick. If we ever get a merch store going, I swear to God. <laughs> so that's what a tribute photo is. And speaking of tribute, Welcome to Rocky Horror Minute, where we're talking about, you know, tribute photos and other things that are definitely related to this movie. The it's normal. I mean... I have already started to get some spicy comments and DMs because of the photo that ran in the Metro Weekly article today, uh, oh. wherein I was wearing a corset, barely wearing it. Not my fault. Uh, it's just how the corset fit me, and I think that that's valid of me. But It yeah. just fell off the hanger onto my body like that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oops. Uh, but yeah, not only have I gotten some some spicy DMs and comments, but also my mom is devastated that that is publicly available to people. And she texted me I, a long, disappointed text, but included the sentence, your boobs just look a little porny. And I was like, mom... That's not, if you're trying to chastise me, you have to understand I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> so anyway, uh, send your tribute photos of that to Jarf. And... Uh, no. No. Uh, no, his email address is jarf at jarf.jarf. Yeah. <laughs> right. But seriously, uh, the only person you should ever send anything like that on this call is me, but I won't care, but I at least won't be upset the way I assume Jarf and Leandra would. I would be mortified. I would ask you to reconsider your thoughts and your feelings and find somebody else. Yeah. It, I, mean, I would it, be very confused. Yeah. It, you would. You'd be like, you'd be like the, why are you sending this photo from a Metro Weekly article that doesn't include me? Uh, but yes. Right. This has nothing to, how is this a tribute to me? <laughs> so speaking of songs and bands, Charles Atlas song is the name of this song in the Rocky Horror Show. In this movie, of course, it's called Make You a Man. And that's because they changed the lyrics quite a bit. And Well, I assume this, I don't know this, but I assume that they changed the title because they changed the lyrics quite a bit and made it a lot less about Charles Atlas than it used to be. And I'm not, so, all right, I'm going to go over the lyrical differences. The lyrics we heard in this were, he said he'll get sand in his face when kicked to the ground and soon in the gym with a determined chin. Whereas in Charles Atlas song, that lyric is his girl split on him. And then in the gym, and then later, the movie says, he'll be pink, but quite clean. He'll be a strong man. Oh, honey, but the wrong man. The lyric in Charles Atlas song is, he was thin, but quite clean. He was in good shape, but the wrong shape. Now, 
the overall, especially in this minute, the next minute, maybe a little less so, but in this minute, I think the Charles Atlas song lyrics make a lot more sense. Tell me more. Okay, well, I've always not understood the line, he'll be pink and quite clean. Why? I mean, pink? With working out, he'll be all sweaty and he'll be, he'll be all red from exertion. I just think he was thin but quite clean sounds better. But they in they in the movie they changed the narrative of the song, so it's less of a narrative about about it's less of a narrative about this weakling who got sand in his face and got buff, which is basically the narrative from the old Charles Atlas commercials or ads, not commercials. But, and instead it's more about this hypothetical person and why Frank is going to make a better man. But still, I don't, I mean, the other thing is, he'll be a strong man, oh honey, but the wrong man. Like, in what way is he the wrong man? That doesn't make any sense to me. I tend to agree. I don't know. Whereas... The, the lyric, so he was thin but quite clean. He was in good shape but the wrong shape. That makes perfect sense to me. He was thin and cut but not buff, which is what the goal would be. So he's the wrong shape. You know? I do. Uh, do, I, do people I, agree with me that the Charles Atlas song lyrics make more sense? I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. I, I do think that they make more sense, but there is something that. I like about the picture show version of the lyrics more. Okay. And I, I want to acknowledge the bias that I'm just much more familiar with the picture show version. So part of it is just, that's, that's what I've been listening to for, for decades. But you pointed me to the fact that there was this stark difference between the two versions. So I, I listened to them and I looked at them side by side and what jumped out to me that's interesting is in the picture show version, it's more of a mock commercial for the Charles Atlas. And then it has a stronger element pulling in, talking about Frankenfurter's plan and working those double and triple entendres where he's talking about make you a man like do the Charles Atlas fitness routine and make you muscular and then make you a man like Dr. Frankenstein style. He's creating the monster and then make you a man like, Oh, he's going to make a man out of him in the bedroom. So I kind of like that. And the, what I think they did to make that work better besides the specific changes that you noted is changing the tense of the song so in the stage show, it's past tense. So it's gonna looking um, back and said he'd done press-ups and chin-ups, <laughs> et cetera. And it's much more like a commercial when you say he'll do press-ups and chin-ups, do the snatch clean and jerk. It, because <laughs> it's like, just do this thing and buy my product and your life will be wonderful. So that's what I liked about it. Yeah, and I will say, I completely agree with you that, and I assume that this is why they changed the lyrics, this version of the lyrics ties into the story much more. 
we, we and it's much more clear in the next minute when you start getting to the chorus but really the rocky horror show version charles atlas song is really just a tribute if you will to Charles Atlas, yeah. Um, send, your, send your tributes you brought, to Charles Atlas uh, to Tim Curry, I guess. I don't know. You yeah. brought it um, around. <laughs> but yeah, so, but seriously, it is just, it's just an homage to him. It doesn't really tie into the movie at all, which is, I mean, great if you're gay, especially in the 70s. They love Charles Atlas back then and still do. But it's not necessarily, it, it's much more subtle, the connection to the movie, because, like I said, we'll get into it in the next minute, but the chorus isn't even really saying that Frank will make you a man. It's it's just telling the story of the ads. So, you know, it's it's different, and I understand why it's different. I just, I don't mind that they changed the lyrics to connect it to the movie better. I don't really like the lyrical choices because I don't think they're, I don't think they make as much sense. That's all. For the most part. There's a couple of lyrics that I prefer the movie version in the next minute. So I want to completely blow your mind. Okay. Imagine a world where instead of Charles Atlas, this was about Jack LaLanne. And imagine how weird this song would be. So, and Jack LaLanne is He's the he's the juicer guy he had all these infomercials for like years and years about the jack lalane way of living and it was all about just like juicing different fruits and vegetables and that's how you get all of your all of your nutrients and he was like 900 years old and still just absolutely kicking it and i feel like for perhaps people who like working out Charles Atlas is their their fantastic person, but for the people who who want to cheat their way to better nutrition, Jack Lalane is very much that person. So, okay, uh, yeah, I don't know, I I don't really, I just kind of naturally look this cut and buff. I don't know a lot of uh, exercise gurus or anything like that. I found an article about him from Outside Magazine. This was in. 2004 when he was 81 and the title of the article is jack lalane is still an animal <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and literally he had all of these infomercials where he's like the only thing i do is i juice everything and you can juice it anything you want you can juice a carrot you can juice a tomato you can juice a duck like <laughs> it was just insane and then you'd see him on some local news outlet, like swimming the English Channel, and he'd be like, "I'm Jacqueline Lane, and I'm insane." <laughs> Would you like to hear a little bit more of this article? Of course. Those biceps, that thorax. <laughs> How, after all these years, does the Godfather of Fitness do it? By balancing the brain with the beast, and knowing the power of a stretch jumpsuit. I wasn't aware that human beings had thoraxes. I thought that was only for, like, insects. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, gross. But anyway, the Jack LaLanne way is to segue right back over to this song. So tell me more about Charles Atlas. Well, so My that... brain is working up a, a version of this outside article, um, but set to 
Rocky Horror Picture Show music. Oh, I'm excited for that. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> no, Jar it's only Cole happening did. in my brain because I can't sing. Oh, I was about to say, but Jar I mean, it does say those, those biceps, that. that thorax, and then you just yeah. probably a course about being a juicer. <laughs> it's interesting, but this this all even the movie version generally follows the storyline from these classic Charles Atlas ads. I mean, right down to a weakling getting sand kicked in his face. So that made him decide to bulk up basically is the, is the ads. It's, it's this, it's the whole classic, like, and then I, you know, now I have all the girls and I'm buff type of ad. It's super iconic. Now that's Charles Atlas. His real name was Angelo Siciliano, which is like the most Italian name I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and uh, so he was a famous bodybuilder, of course, and he was known for this ad campaign mainly. So because he ha- he invented a workout routine, basically. It's a type of isometric exercise. It's uh, called dynamic tension, which gets name dropped in the next minute in the song. But it's basically muscle against muscle, like a self-resistance exercise. But it's not just a simple isometric exercise. It's specifically one that involves movement like especially circular movements it that's that's the thing however when charles atlas invented this there were a lot of isometric exercise routines on the market and the only real reason that sales took off for this were these ads they were instant hits and super iconic and he became famous from it so yeah but what's i thought was interesting about it was at least supposedly, I mean, I have no way of verifying this, but the story Charles Atlas told was that basically the storyline from these ads was his own life story. He was weak and little and bullied as a child, and then he became obsessed with strength and with changing himself from a weakling to a strong man. Like those are the actual words he would use. And those are the words that are used in this song. So, and he says he saw a tiger stretching at the zoo and said, how does Mr. Tiger keep in physical condition? Did you ever see a tiger at the barbell? And from there, I guess, got the idea to invent dynamic tension. That's what he says. So yeah, that's basically what the whole that's basically the same story the song tells so i thought that was interesting not only do the ads mirror his journey or the journey that he claims to have had but also then the song is referencing that directly so it also mirrors his life so i went down the same rabbit hole (laughs) that you did and Mm -hmm. i found that interesting too that i i never knew that the ad mirrored his life. And I don't probably at some point I knew that he was a real person, but that ad is so iconic. And I remember seeing it in the back of old comic books. So I kind of, and he seems like such a mythological figure that I really started to Mandela effect that he was just a, a work of fiction. So it kind of blew my mind just learning that. And then when I, I've seen the ad so many times, but it's kind of, you know, it's the ad. It's it's not what you came for. So mm-hmm. I haven't really looked at it panel to panel. 
before coming on the show. And, and it didn't really play out the way that I remembered it in my mind. So the iconic ad is called the insult that made a man out of Mac. And Angelo had brought on an advertising agent, Charles Roman, who created this ad. And it's sort of like a superhero origin story where 98 pound weakling gets bullied, does the <laughs> dynamic tension, and he's all buff and hero of the beach. But that whole idea of a weakling getting sand kicked in his face, that's so permeates pop culture. But if you actually look at the panel, the, the, titular Mac is laying there on a beach mm -hmm. with his lady friend and some kind of buff bully runs by, looks like maybe he's playing football or something. And he's just like incidentally kicking sand in their general direction. I always pictured it was like, he's getting thrown down onto the beach and people are like deliberately like, Oh, take that. You stupid 98 pound weakling. Isn't that That's kind what of I thought. right? But no, he's yeah. just kind of he's isn't even really noticing. He's just like I'm like one of the studs of the beach running along. I don't care about you, weak <laughs> little nerds. And then Mac tries to stand up to him, and and the guy's like, you know, you're too scrawny. I'm not even going to fight you. You're, you're pathetic. And then his lady friend is like, you're such a disgrace. So it, it's more like that humiliation aspect. But yeah, just completely like accidentally. I mean. Yeah. I could just imagine him saying like, oh my God, I didn't even realize like, but now you're all up in my face. So now, now, you know, it's a fight. Yeah, it is. And like the ads are interesting too, because they actually do use the, let me make you a new man. Like that's quote, that's a direct quote from many of the ads too. So mm -hmm. the song is very directly <laughs> referencing it almost with every single lyric, especially in the original. So I just, I love that. And I think it's great. And I, I actually think that in a lot of ways, this song is one of the cleverest in the movie, because I think that's a really clever connection to make between this gay icon, Charles Atlas. He wasn't gay as far as I know, I, but gay men loved him for some reason uh can't imagine why but <laughs> those biceps that thorax yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know exactly but to make this connection between that and those those like lines from the commercial and how to connect it to frankenfurter's creation of this muscle man for his own purposes and the phrase make you a man uh, being changed in that context. I think it's really clever. I think it's clever too. And I, in th the bit that ties those two things together perfectly is, is the first bit of performance in our minute that I guess I should say your minute that you've graciously allowed me to be a guest on uh, so the, the first physical performance that I noticed early in the minute when Frank sings, when kick to the ground, he has a little kick that is just so iconic. Like you, yeah. anytime I see a shadow cast, whoever is playing 
Frank really always tries to nail that kick because it's so key. So that oh, yeah. super femme kick. Mm-hmm. But when talking about the Charles Atlas, Winkling getting kicked to the ground. So, yeah. Yeah. And to that, I like point, that in the background. I like that in the background of of that you can even hear the percussive nature of of the shoe hitting the tile again. There's something about just the fact that uh, that you can hear that that really resonates. Absolutely. And to that point, this is again in the next minute. But since we're talking about this, there's uh, the when Frank is up on the pommel horse, like. <laughs> riding it but also kind (laughs) of doing gymnastic it's a that's a fun parallel too that's similar it's like sexual but it also kind of looks at i mean it is athletic but it looks like a like an athletic routine to some degree it's another it's another great connection i think yeah so and then i also just (laughs) mentioned only tim curry could rhyme pores with cause because he's the sweat from his paws as he walks for his cars. I just imagine him saying, you know those two don't rhyme, right? And they're like, make it work. (laughs) It's like in Shakespeare, how how you have so many things that used to rhyme, and now that we don't speak early modern English, they don't anymore. So you have to like make a choice to either go for it and try and make it rhyme or really don't. And in conclusion, that's what Tim Curry is doing. He's, he's speaking a different type of English. Yeah. Yeah. We have praised his accent in this movie so much, but that is, that is one of the real standout moments because it really (laughs) highlights how, how crazy he gets with it. I love it. So we mentioned Rocky getting the dumbbells. So this is his, his birthday present for his first birthday. And he has the card that says happy birthday, Rocky. And I wasn't quite sure what they were trying to convey. Cause he's looks at it with that same confused expression that he looks at everything. That's not like a boob. Uh, so I wondered, are they saying Rocky can't read or that he can read. Well, I think that he's concerned because now he thinks his name is Happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a callback to that effect, I think. But yeah, oh yes, I'm not actually clever. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying I it, I've heard a callback something to that degree, but that's a good question about the reading. I always thought that he could read it, but I did think it was odd because he kind of. I didn't notice this until I started playing Rocky and really studying. This scene is the one that like you really study when you're going into Rocky because it's kind of your big moment, or at least that's how I felt. I really wanted to nail the weights, but he like shakes his head when he sees it. And I was always like, why is he displeased with this? (laughs) You know? Uh, But then he, then he gets on board and starts smiling because people are talking about getting kicked and everything. I like the way that Frank hands him the dumbbells too, because he really sells that they're too heavy for him to lift easily. Because, you know, they're stage weights. They're probably super light. 
what? he's like, oh, I couldn't fight. And then he hands him to Rocky. and <laughs> He does some great like prop work with that. I think it's really interesting how Rocky, when he starts, especially with the weights, he's kind of jerky, like a machine that you're just powering up for the first time in a while. Like when he starts yeah. lifting the weights up and down, there's like a jerky kind of uneven motion to it. Yeah, there's very it's very mechanical. Yeah. And then he gets into it, but then he gets into his groove and then it's smooth. So I like that. Yeah, I because that nobody great. shows him how to do it. <laughs> and he has that that jerky movement sort of mimicking Frankenstein's monster. But yeah. then I guess I guess they've just pre-coded his DNA to <laughs> give him a strong affinity for lifting weights. It's one of the two it, things it, he was born to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, he rolled a natural 20. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, which is, that shows Frankenfurter like looking at, he's playing the long game because, okay, you've designed this boy toy with the body type that you want, but unless you also make him want to work out then you know he'll he'll probably let himself go so he, he's also mm-hmm. he's really like asking a lot he's like oh you're, you're going to be designed what i consider perfect but then also you've got to like hit the weights you so you got to stay at that level i'm on this podcast with not one other but two other people who have played rocky mm-hmm. so that means that hypothetically both of you have at least spent a little bit of time looking at the timing for the weights in this minute. I know Kelly has. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Like, like I mentioned, I, I, it being a last minute thing, wasn't doing that level of performance. Yeah. I and- tried to capture the, like the goofy innocence, uh, but I, I, and I remembered generally what happened when, but I didn't have that like timing. And I think that that's fair. I've actually seen plenty of Rockies who aren't spot on with the timing of this. And I, it at least doesn't hugely bother me. That being said, anytime I have somebody go into a new role, I go, okay, well, you have to show me that you are amazing at this, at this piece and at the floor show, because for the most part, everything else that Rocky does is get dragged around. Right. And the other people in the shadow cast can kind of corral you in the right direction. Yeah. So I, for me, this was really difficult to get, though, because I spent so many years just going like, oh, yeah, like this is probably easy. So people should just do it. And then I went into Rocky and I'm like, uh, I'm going to mess this up every time. It probably is super hard because it's not in sync with the song. Right. And there is a bit of a continuity issue, or I guess just an odd cut of the film. Yeah. Because there's a there's a double punch with the right arm. Yeah. Mm. This is and then in the reprise it's even worse, the continuity issues. It's I hate it. But yeah, in general the 
motion like the dance motions not matching up with the song is a theme throughout rocky shadow casting especially during floor show and i hate it no it's it's fine i i just had a really hard time learning especially janet's floor show because of that issue janet's floor show is lies and chicanery yeah (laughs) it doesn't help that like the moves are strange anyway (laughs) but then yeah not being not being matched up with the song it's uh it's tough she you can tell that little Nell was the only dancer and you can tell the people who at least have rhythm too like barry boswick clearly has rhythm and the stuff that he does it may not be as beautiful and expert as literal professional dancer and tap dancer little nell campbell but it's still very enjoyable to watch yeah he has he has good body control so you can tell there's like there is a thought behind the sort of like spastic like oh i'm being like taken over by this idea way that he does the floor show yeah oh i love barry bostick's floor show we'll definitely get into this later of course in the movie but uh i just (laughs) that that was like my big moment that made me fall in love with barry bostwick as a child i just i love that he he's really just showing a really great story with what he's doing and you're right we will talk about this later i will stop I'll holster this for another day. Yeah, it's my fault for bringing up floor show. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I got excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the one who brought it up. So I, it's really my Kelly's to blame. I mean, I did hear the RKO fanfare right before <gasps> we recorded. So it's Jarf's to blame. It was an ep- I wasn't saying I was to blame. <laughs> Jarf's to blame. Do you know the callback that we're referencing, or do you think we're just being mean? I mean, we're doing two things. But. <laughs> right. Two things can be true. <laughs> no, I forgot about that callback. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, so Sue's to Sue's to blame is the callback anytime. Pretty much any one says anybody's to blame in this movie. Sue Blaine did the costumes, so it's just a silly callback. But then Sue Mary was the continuity editor, so we've been saying Sue's to Mary, which is even stupider. Um, right. Anytime there's a continuity error, so that's what we're doing. I love a good callback onto a callback, and it's like we don't even know what we're saying anymore, but we get to come <laughs> to the theater and just shout things, so it's fun. Yeah. Well, I'll start by asking you, Jarf. Do you happen to know any callbacks from this minute? No, I am terrible about remembering callbacks unless I'm. When I'm watching it or I'm there, they come back to me. Uh, But just to like, when I was just watching the minute in isolation, Mm -hmm. honestly, I couldn't remember any. I I look forward to hearing yours. So, because it's a nice trip down memory lane. (laughs) Yeah, no worries. Uh, And if you think of any, feel free to chime in. But I usually the guests don't know any. So that's totally fine. So the first callback we have is or that i have i should say when he says kicked to the ground obviously kicked in the balls i think that that one we all saw coming and then when ronky laughs, laughs you say don't laugh that hurts so then this was one that i definitely learned from hearing leandra shout it from the back of the theater 
when he says soon in the gym, you say, who's Jim? Is he prettier than me? And uh, when, so as we, we alluded to this one earlier, but when he picks up the happy birthday, Rocky, I've heard great. Now he's going to think his name is happy birthday or just happy. And when he says glisten, it's what's your favorite toothpaste? He says gleam. And you say, oh, I'm sorry, that's discontinued. And this is probably my favorite for the minute. Right before just a little bit of, you say, what's for dinner? So he goes, just a little bit of steam. That's fun because it's a callback to a later callback in the movie. (laughs) So that's really for veterans because no one's going to get the joke unless they've been a few times. Uh, But so, right. What's for dinner? Steam is basically the joke there. And uh, of course, as Frank is trailing his finger down that happiest of trails, you're supposed to yell, go for the gold, go for the gold, etc. Until he stops and then you say missed it missed it now you gotta kiss it and then the callback to that is why you think he missed it and that's what i have so i have a couple more this is one that started in the in the last minute so after a weakling weighing 98 pounds i know that we've said the that's two local thin people but another one that was brought to my attention was he's just a kid frank so you're supposed to (laughs) kind of chastise him for being mean to a child which not relatable and then and soon in the gym with a determined chin you can say with balls on his chin with cum on his chin these are funny things absolutely just trust me The sweat from his pores as he works for his cause. This is when Frank is kind of struggling with the uh, with the weight of the weights, and we'll make him glisten. Is when Frank puts the the weights in Rocky's hands, and you can say, "Take these; they're heavy," which Mm. is you know fun. And on just a little bit of steam. That's when the go for the gold thing is. Um, but the second half of that, instead of why you think you missed it, is uh, missed it, missed it, now he has to kiss it, sucked it, sucked it, now he has to fuck it, that sort of thing. It just oh. keeps going forever. Yeah, that definitely rings a bell. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's also a piece of that. Again, this is at the same time, so pick your favorite one. You can say leave a message at the sound of the beep because there's this kind of random harpsichord button or not button, but note that sounds slightly out of place in the soundtrack as you're going down the, the happy trail. (laughs) Did you say the, what do Irish bees make? No. Oh, honey. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I'm so stupid. I love all those Irish ones. I, I really like when when they make that joke and they make it so many times. It just delights me. I, I like the very like too pure for this world sort of callbacks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had a, a friend that goes with you to Rocky or maybe just someone you would see regularly at the theater 
who had a pet callback that they were always really trying to make happen. And they were like the champion <laughs> of that callback. I remember yeah. there was a guy at the state college theater. So this would have been it's in the mid nineties. And there was an advertising campaign for Sega video game system that just said Sega. And sorry if I blew out your levels with that. Uh, but so during when everyone else was saying, say it, say it, he would yell Sega, which is like, it's one of those, like you said, too pure for this world. It's also not, there's an, it's not even a joke. It's just a thing that sounds like what they're saying, but mm-hmm. he really wanted to make that happen. I've definitely had callbacks like that where I'm like, oh man, this is going to work. And it doesn't. And I've, I've learned to move on with life about it, but it used to really bother me. I'm that guy. I, yeah, I try not to make up my own because I can't handle rejection. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's my experience with Sega is like Sega. No. Oh yeah. Okay. Probably they (laughs) probably they did some audience testing and it's like people don't like it when you just scream the name of your of your product at them. (laughs) Maybe sing it a little. Try that. Yeah, it's like Sega. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if nobody else has anything, I think we can stick a fork in this one. Because it's done. All right. And Jar, if you've heard this before, um, we're going to end this the same way we end all of our shows with all of us saying the same thing at the same time. Do you know what that is? Or um, do you want a refresher course first? I do. I do sorry, I do know. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So now you don't have to go home, but you can stay here. So get the fuck out. I wasn't meaning to shadow you.